So today, as part of our Upside Podcast series, which is powered by Sports Psych Advisors, we have the honor to interview again uh, Dr. Ron Dick, Associate Professor of Sports Marketing at Duquesne University in the School of Business. Uh, as a reminder, Ron uh, also worked for 20 years in sports, including 15 years in the NBA with the Sixers and the Nets, then four years in the NCAA. So, Ron, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Julian. I'm happy to be back with you today. Great. So, Ron, uh, you know, what I wanted talk to you today was uh, about the NBA, MLS, you know, La Liga, Premier League seasons that are resuming, mm-hmm. uh, restarting, and also would like to get your take on the NCAA and how COVID-19 is impacting there. And then I'd like to get your view on diversity in the world of elite sports. So how does it sound? That sounds perfect. Great. So, you know, as I'm sure you've seen, right? So right now, you know, the NBA and MLS teams and players reported uh, to Orlando in, in Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, to resume the competition. Last night, actually, there was the first MLS game. I think it was between uh, Orlando and um, uh, the Inter Miami. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, some teams, including the Dallas Football Club, are already putting out because uh, many players have uh, had the virus, right? COVID-19. So it's it's complicated, right? For the coaching staff and, of course, the players, right? Yes. So do you think, in your opinion, was the right decision to resume the season uh, with both the NBA and the MLS in Orlando? Uh, I, th- I think we have to step back for one second and say, why did the NBA uh, pick that, that area? And uh, I think it has a lot to do with ESPN. I think it has a lot to do with ABC, which are the same company as is Disney. So it's kind of like yeah. taking money out of the left pocket, putting the right, Disney, ESPN, ABC. It, it seemed like a convenient place to go when the decision was made. Since then, Orlando area has spiked as has the rest of Florida. Uh, I think it was really the only option they had uh, that was realistic. Um, the good news is the players aren't going to have to do a lot of moving around from city to city, airplane to airplane, car to car, bus to bus. Uh, that's the good news. The, the, the bad news is that uh, – I think it's very difficult for a lot of these athletes, uh, especially the, the single athletes, when we say, when you go home, we want you to isolate, you know, just stay in this bubble with us. You know, don't don't bring anybody in from the outside, a girlfriend, uh, uh, anyone that you could you could meet. Um, I don't know that that's feasible. Uh, is, is it really right to tell someone if, if they do have a family with wives and kids, they, they, you know, that that could be a problem, too? Um, that's the part of it that I think is going to be very difficult for all the four major teams. Well, I think it's a big problem, right? I think the last time we spoke, I was talking to a athletic trainer of a, of a big MLS team and before the, the, the camp, right? Before the cup. And he was very concerned because he's got kids, mm-hmm. wife and kids, right? Yes. And he wasn't, you know, he's like, I don't feel comfortable going there, but I kind of have to, right? So as opposed to the younger players, right? The one that are maybe single, uh, it's less of an issue, right? to do that, to go through this, right? Because if you go back to your family and potentially you've got the virus you don't even know, it's, it's, it's a disaster, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it um, is. So, so I think, uh, I, I I certainly understand why the NBA chose Orlando, why they chose uh, that, that exact location, because it was the best way to contain it once you're in the quote bubble. But uh, I think it's uh, it's one of those theory and practice things. In theory, it makes a lot of sense. But in practice, this is going to be very difficult. And I certainly yeah. can understand any player that would want to back out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but see, on the other hand, if you look at what's happening in Europe, right? In Europe, 
La Liga uh, restarted, Bundesliga, the Premier League. And it feels to me that, you know, they've been handling the situation a bit, e you know, easier. One, because I think the, the, the situation with COVID-19 is, is a little bit easier than the U.S., number one, right? Uh -huh. uh, they have a better protocol or some, I don't know. Uh, but what's interesting also is they've seen a spike in terms of rating and viewership that they've never seen before. Um, so it's, it's, this seems like it's, they've gone through this whole COVID-19 thing. Um, it's, it's just been easier for them. That's just my impression. So would you agree with that? Yeah. The, the, <clears throat> if I would look at this from, from a team owner standpoint and from the general managers and the coaches, uh, and then the players, you got to believe it's all about television. Like forget yeah. the whole idea. And there's a lot of money there now. I mean, some of these sports, it's less than 20% of the, the income that we make is through yeah. ticket sales. So, you know, it's all about television. And with that television, you certainly handle your sponsors also. So I think it, if they could just look at it from that standpoint, I think there's a chance they could get some, some of these games in. Uh, it's, it's not a problem that there's no tickets. I mean, t Look at what the KBO has done, the uh, Korean Baseball Association. They yeah. haven't seen a spike of players getting it. They've been uh, been doing this for what about two months now, and yeah. every, and and they're making it work. So if I'm, I I think the team, the, the sport that will have the greatest chance of success will be uh, the NHL. And the reason I say yeah. that is they picked Edmonton which is a smaller city population-wise. It's sequestered away. Toronto, certainly the largest city in Canada. Uh, they test their players very well. There's no delays in the testing. And uh, and they're just going to blow it out and play three games a day oh. at these sites. So one group, one conference, I think, is going to go to the, the Eastern Conference is going to go one, one of the spots, and the Western Conference is going to go to the other spot. And then they're going to get up two finalists and then decide where to play the Stanley Cup. I think they've got the best chance to get through this gauntlet. And that's why the NBA, or excuse me, the MLB picked only 60 games. I think the owner's greatest fear was that they weren't going to be able to conclude the regular season or even have a regular season. And then, and the players get their, their money prorated. And then they, of course, make most of their money in the postseason. So I think that's what baseball is really hoping for is delay, delay, delay. We start on July 23rd. We get to September 27th, and then bang, we start the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and obviously you are, you are, you know, you know cottage sports better than anybody I know. And, you know, I think yesterday, right, uh, big Ivy League school saying that there's not going to be, yeah. I think, cottage, so football, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, they're so, going to cancel all their sports. You know, both soccer's, football, both both uh both basketballs until January maybe. You know, maybe we'll bring the basketballs back. Yeah. Uh volleyball's canceled. Uh and you know, now in their situation with the Ivy League, they uh, they don't give out scholarships. Yeah. Uh, athletic scholarships. They they are Division 1. They participate in Division 1. But they, um, their their financial situation is that it's a drain. Those sports are absolute drains, even the football and even the basketball. So 
in that case, they're not really losing any money. Of course, they're extremely well endowed, heavily endowed schools that have lots of money that if they wanted to do that, they could, but they've chosen not to put the, the accent on, on uh, sports. So <clears throat> as you sent to me yesterday, some yeah. stuff that if the five major conferences, or they call them the power five conferences, uh, SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big 10, and the Pac-12, if they don't play football, and uh, that would be a $4 billion loss of revenue for those schools, mm -hmm. which are approximately yeah. 65, 65 schools. Mm -hmm. So now if they cancel it, that certainly will get everybody's attention. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you compare the $4 billion losses compared to the NFL, there's speculation that the NFL could lose $5.5 .5 billion, right? So that's that's pretty significant. Um, and the NFL is very interesting that they, they've delayed, delayed, delayed canceling preseason games and want to just go right into it. I think that they're they're afraid that it could spread quickly there also. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and you talk about the MLB and the situation there. Another big topic, obviously, this month was, you know, we've seen all the protests, the protests and athletes and teams, uh, you know, bringing their support to Black Lives Matters. Even yesterday, the players, the MLS players before the game uh, were bringing their support, right? Yes. Uh, now, some teams like the Washington Redskins and the Indians are even looking to change their name, which yes. makes sense, right? So what is your take on this and... And just e equality in elite sports in general. Do you think that we have a long way to go there today? Yes, I do. I think we do have a long way to go. And and one of the ways we can measure diversity is something that was developed in college way back in 1972 with the Title IX issue, meaning what we do for women's sports, we have to do for men. And you look at a school like James Madison or, or Duquesne, which is like 62% female, then you're supposed to have... 62% of your student body is female. 62% of your students should be female athletes, student yeah. athletes. Well, the same thing is true if you would take that rule of proportionality that if 70, let me get the exact, 74.4% of the NBA is black, then wouldn't 74.4% of the coaches be black and the general managers be black. And uh, we don't have that right now. We're not even close to that. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that's something that needs to be improved on. For sure. And if you look at the MLB, right, 57% of the players are white, 31% are Latino, and then 7.7% are African-American. But that number of African-American, it was actually down from 13%. Yes, so, that was that was much higher about 15 years ago. And yeah. the at the NBA, the MLB's credit, they st started something called RBI, and that was the revitalization of baseball in the inner cities of the United States. Yeah, and uh, you know, building baseball fields. It, it seems like the sports of of basketball and football were the were the choice uh, of a lot of the inner city high schools and AAU. Uh, as a result, the, the numbers are down for MLB, um, and they're working on that. You know, they want to keep that up. And and so, if you if you go back to what you said about the NBA, one thing that's still shocking to me is there is still no female head coach in the NBA today. I mean, I think there are there are some names out there, 
you know, mm-hmm. some female coaches that are doing really well, but they're just not, they're not a head coach even to this day. Well, so, and I don't think it's only happened within the last 10 years that we've had a female on the bench as an assistant coach. That's true. That's now, very true. what's your take on Europe? Is that, is there, are they being more progressive over there? No, are, are we, no, are we getting no. more female head coaches in soccer? No. I mean, I, there's, there's very, there's a few exceptions. I know of one, I think it was um, a female uh, head coach. She was the, the head coach of a, of a soccer team in France, but that's the only person I can think of. Right. It's very much, no, it's, it, there's a long way to go uh, in soccer, for example, in Europe, okay. for sure. Uh, yep. And uh, the, the George Floyd situation, the tragedy of it, I think a lot of the players in the NBA in particular and the NFL – the the fact that this feels like a watershed moment, we feel like we're really making traction in, in, in the area of of race relations getting better, hopefully, uh, and people being more outspoken and and showing attention to this this situation of the racism that exists. Uh, I think a lot a lot of that. Why now? I think the players are, and is it the fact that we're all at home, kind of sitting? in our house, watching stuff on the, our cell phones, watching stuff on television, the news on TV. And if that's true, then some of the players have shared in the NBA that they're reluctant to go back to work. They really want to get behind this cause and keep it moving. But I, I, I don't know. Like if, if we had basketball games and you had a forum of a post game press conference where you would have all the cameras and lights on you, like an NBA Eastern or Western final or an NBA final in the playoffs, like I think it could shed even more light on the issue and draw more attention to. But let me ask you this, right? Because of what's going on at the White House and it's election year and there's a lot of tensions right now, right? It's not Mm -hmm. helping either, right? Uh, No, it's not helping. And and I can tell you one thing you can expect. uh, I would say upwards to 70 plus percent of the NFL players will take a knee. Yeah, I I can see that. I I think that we better expect that that that's going to happen, and the Jerry Joneses of the world of the Dallas Cowboys he needs to learn to deal with it. And yep. if he gets too outspoken on this issue, I think history will show he's on the wrong side of history. Yep, yep, yep. That, that's very true. Um, so you're pretty um, pretty hopeful that you know I guess the uh, diversity in elite sports would improve over time, or it seems absolutely. like absolutely, uh, okay. absolutely. But you know. You go back to 1968, which was one of the most uh, – of course, I was very young back then. But you, you go back to uh, what you read and, and you hear about, like these same issues were burning issues back then. Yeah. You know, I think I think we've made some progress, but we still have a long ways to go. And do you feel like we've, we've kind of – when uh, we we, um, we stopped making progress for the past two or three years or no? You don't think that? I think the best we can say is we've tread water. I, I I don't think we've made the progress we need to as far as getting jobs for minority candidates. Now, of course, the NFL is is very good with uh, the Rooney Rule, which came here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, the Rooney family that you had to interview at least one minority candidate. Uh, and now the NFL has gone even further to say that if you hire a minority candidate, you will then um, your draft pick will move up. They want to reward you and compensate you in some way to do that. And there's a lot of mixed feelings on that too. But I, I think overall that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, some some people aren't sure if it is or not. 
um, I, I would say it is a good thing to do that, to incentivize people to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, so, but just kind of to conclude, you think that um, so the NBA will return, obviously, and the NFL soon enough. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the, the only question is, like you said the other day, we don't know when the vaccine is going to come. We don't know. Yeah. We have no idea. And until right. the, there's a vaccine, it's going to be always very challenging for the coaching yeah. staff, for the players, for the families, everybody. It seems like everybody's in the business of making predictions right now. Uh, yeah. I think we're all we're all really jonesing and really need some live entertainment. I think it will do extremely well, set all sorts of records, Nielsen records on, on – uh, both television and radio, people uh, watching these games. Uh, I like the NFL's, pa- the NHL hockey's package the best as far as being able to get through this gauntlet and actually crown a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, I certainly understand why uh, the N- the uh, MLB only picks 60 games because I think they think it's going to be difficult, the owners think, just to get through 60 games. I mean, you may see 50 guys play play on a team, and the owners don't want to pay 50 guys. (laughs) They don't. Uh, The minimum salary is about, what, 550? And that's that's the minimum. And I know it's prorated for the number of games over 100 and divided by 162. I know it's only 80% because you don't have that ticket revenue. But at the same time – I don't know that they're 100% sure they can make it through to the end to get to where they get paid in the in the TV money for the playoffs. Yeah, very good. Um, I, I think hockey is going to be okay. I think the NFL, once they start playing, I mean, such a violent sport. We're always grabbing each other or, you know, spits flying, sweats flying on these impacts. I, I hope, you know, practice any games. I, I'm not 100% sure they're going to make it through the whole 17 weeks. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think soccer is, you know, even though there is contact, it's not just not the same as football. Yeah, I mean, no question, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Very different. Um, so th- these are the issues that are going on right now. Uh, only time will tell. Uh, I, I just, uh, I've heard things that divorces are up, you know, because we're all right. stuck in our houses with, with, with our uh, significant others. Uh, I, I, I know that there's more people uh, Zooming and calling in to de- to deal with and talk to psychiatrists. Yeah. I mean, these are all facts. These aren't the you know, we try to get our all of our opinions based on facts, but these are statistically proven to be true. Uh, what I tell you, I look at Zoom. Right, Zoom went from maybe thirty million users to over two hundred million users in a matter of weeks. So yes, it's a crazy number, right? Esports is yeah. up like crazy. Uh, yeah. There's more people using Peloton, uh, fitness at home. Uh, okay. video streaming going like through the roof, like Netflix, yeah. other ones. So, you know, there, there are winners and there's obviously losers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, so it's interesting and, uh, but it's tough for some other startups, right? Or the startup that requires to go meet the teams, uh, you know, wearable technology. It's a challenge because you got to put a wearable device on the players, right? You can't do that right now too much, right? Right. So, um, and then the, the college situation you mentioned, uh, they're talking about making the players or even just the, the students sign right. waivers, sign waivers that if they get this and something happens. But now there's talk that professors may sign waivers. And I don't know if that's an OSHA violation or not. Um, I've never heard that. Uh, it's yeah. interesting. Um, but I also want that that reminds me of something else is that there is one state, one governor 
I think allowed a college university to allow the players to 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 get paid. I think that came out about a few weeks ago, right? Yes, that the yeah that was in um, that was in Florida. I think it was in yeah, Florida right. that, that that they said, uh, and of course the NCA in Indianapolis, Indiana has agreed that come August of 2021, a little over a year from now, that the players can do something called nil, and that's uh, name image and likeness so like the star quarterback at clemson he could go to the local car dealership and get a 1099 and sign autographs for an hour and he could keep that revenue almost like it's a part-time job now that sounds like not that big a deal but this this is revolutionary i mean that oh, i mean they've been talking about this for the with the nca for years and years and years decades decades yes and it's finally coming to fruition that a player could go out and make some money off of his name and keep his or her eligibility to play NCA sports. Well, uh, and I think that they had to do that because some of the players were leaving high school in basketball in particular and going right into the G League and said, exactly. okay, I'm not eligible for the NBA draft, but I'm going to go play in the G League and and then go into the NBA draft. And I'm going to make upwards to uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars because I'm going to be in the top 10 picks in the NBA draft next year. I know that for sure. So then I won't go to Kentucky. I won't go to Duke. I won't go to Memphis. Um, and, and another real positive thing that I see happening in college and dealing with diversity and race relations, um, there's a player named, uh, I don't want to mispronounce his first name, but his last name is Maker, M-A-K-E-R, Maker, Maker. And he is a five-star high school basketball player uh, from California. Yeah. And he has decided to not go to UCLA locally or to go to Kentucky or Duke or Memphis. He has chosen to go to Howard University, which is kind of the uh, the Harvard of the historical black college universities. I see. HBCs. And, and that is groundbreaking. Like that's unheard of. And, uh, you know, here's a guy that, that, that feels that was the best fit for him. So now a year later, he'll probably declare for the draft. Could you imagine, though, if you could see, you know, Howard or Grambling in the final four for men's basketball? Uh, that would be pretty exciting. That would be, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think we're, we're, we're going through some really extraordinary time, right? Extraordinary time with the, the, the coronavirus, um, you know, situation with Black Lives Matters. And it, it's kind of, uh, we've never seen this before, right, at any point in the history of no, sports. No, we have not. No, we got to go back to 1918 to see something that even closely resembles this. They have some pictures of people wearing masks at Major League Baseball games, and they're all dressed up in suit and ties like they used to uh, to go to games because it was kind of the way, the way people used to, to get dressed to go on an airplane. They would get in a suit and tie because it was such a prestigious thing to do to yeah. go to a baseball game or you know it was a day out or to go to a to get on a plane, and they have masks on. Like that's the only thing in our I mean, that's over a hundred years ago. So yeah, there's not much to base this on. That's very true. Uh, look, we are, you know, we, we're arriving at the end of the, of the interview, but I just want as always to thank you for your time. Always interesting. Talk to you. And, uh, so thank you. My pleasure, Julian. A anytime. Great. Thank you. And Be safe. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners. Great. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Great. Thank you.